you know, the, uh, the, the subject of, of spiritual warfare is, uh, is, is uh, something that's, that's of interest. Now, on our uh, podcast on, on Spotify, the, the series that we did initially on spiritual warfare uh, has been listened to by far more than anything else that, that we have posted out there. And so I, I know in, in the times that we're living, people are interested in these things. They, they want to know. And, and, uh, and I, I understand the world as a whole, it is in trouble. Sin is rampant and it's almost like people are trying to invent new ways to sin against God. Sexual immorality and all of this gender stuff is uh, this gender confusion or Gender changing is I, I, that's a spirit from hell, Amen. and um, you know, and that that statement will offend a lot of people. Uh, you know that that would hear it, but the truth is the truth. And bottom line is, there's not but two uh, two genders uh, that has ever been created, and that's male and female. And I don't care what you do. You can try to add body parts or you can lop body parts off. But there's one thing that you cannot change and that's the chromosome structure that God placed in the male and the female. That will never change. And so, so the, the, the subject of spiritual warfare is, is intriguing to people because uh, there's some people out there that, uh, that do want to know you know what we're facing and what we're against so this evening where we're going to start on the subject and and i i'll I'll take a little time to lay a a, a foundation so we certainly will not exhaust this subject uh tonight but but i'm going to start this evening talking about territorial spirits territorial spirits now the first thing that i i want to uh, to iterate by way of introduction is the fact that Satan's kingdom is not in disarray. I have heard people in the past say to the contrary. I, I've, I've heard people say that the kingdom of Satan is in disarray, that uh, that there is no organizational structure there. I, I even heard one man years ago uh, say that the, the jealousies of demons prevent them from cooperating with one another in any endeavor. That, that they're always scratching and fighting and clawing, you know, to try to one up the the other demon. That, you know, that that the jealousies between the demons or fallen angels is is so intense that it prevents them again from cooperating in in any endeavor. However, this is not the implication of Scripture. Scripture gives very strong indication that Satan has organized his demonic forces into a hierarchy 
That speaks of structure. In fact, uh, we're, we're going to look at uh, some scripture here this evening. And the first that I want to look at is Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 and 12. And while, while you're turning there, uh, in, in Paul's letters, when Paul speaks about what the church is fighting, and what is coming against the church. He indicates very strongly in his letters that there is rank in the, the kingdom uh, of, of Satan. And so there, there is a hierarchical structure there. And so look at Ephesians 6 and 11. And Paul tells the church in Ephesus to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now when you look at that word wiles, it is very closely connected uh, to what Paul uses in, in 2 Corinthians uh, as the word um, uh, device. Uh, which really means schemes. I, I think the Greek word, and we'll talk about that when we get there, but, uh, but the idea that, that there are wiles, that, that's, that speaks of planning. That speaks of structure. And so if Paul is, is admonishing the church to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, then we need to understand that, that Satan is organized in his efforts against the church or against individuals that are in the church. If, if, you, if you engage in spiritual warfare, that's not by accident. Satan don't just haphazardly do something and, and uh, send his emissaries to you or to your life or to your situation. You know, just by accident, just to say, oh, go over there and pester them a while and just see what you can do. No, it's an organized effort. And so let's look at verse number number 12. And we'll talk about this organization here a little more. But, but he said, Paul said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness in high places. This speaks of structural organization. We're not against flesh and blood, but we are against principalities. And we may break these down at some point and, and probably will to see what Paul is really talking about and what that structure level looks like. But, but for this evening, let, let's just look at it. We are against principalities. We're against powers. We're against the rulers of the darkness of this world. 
We are against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now again, I want to point out that this is very descriptive of an organized structure, an organized hierarchy. There, there is levels of, of demons. And there's levels, and, and we'll see this hopefully before we get finished, but, but, but there, are, there, are different, uh, there are different degrees of power and intelligence. In, in demons, in demonic forces. And, and we'll see this. And so if, if we think, and the first thing that I, I want us to understand this evening is that, is that Satan's kingdom is a structured kingdom. It's not all in disarray. Like uh, Again, like I've heard people say, so much jealousy, they're all the time fighting, can't get along and... But, but that's not what Paul is implying here. It's not what Paul is indicating. He's indicating a very structured uh, kingdom. Let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verse number 11. Now, I understand that the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and, and 11, I understand the context of this verse is that of forgiveness. Alright? You forgiving people. You being a forgiving individual. And Paul says that we do this. We, we forgive. For what reason? Lest Satan should get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his Devices. Now, this is the word I want to look at momentarily. Devices. Now, I, I, again, I understand the context. The context, again, is forgiveness. But here, here's the point that I want to make. Even in forgiveness, because we don't want Satan to get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. That word devices is the Greek word schismata where we get the English word scheme. Alright, again, the word that Paul uses is not a word that he would use uh, just for haphazard activity. Just in disarray. Not, you know, not, not having a plan. You know, if, if, you, if, if you have a scheme, you know, you, you got a plan going on. You know, if you got, you know, now nowadays we, we call them scams. You know, you get these scam phone calls. You you get scam, you know, emails and, and what it is, it, it's it's not just something, it's in disarray, it's a plan. And if I can get you to buy into my plan, you know, joke going around about, you know, your extended warranty on your car. You know, and, and uh, get these calls. Working, you know, your your extended warranty is about to expire. Well, I didn't buy an extended warranty, <laughs> so number one, I know it's a scheme because I don't have an extended warranty that's about to expire. 
you know. They kind of like this, that balloon that, that China, you know, sent over here. People have been making jokes, you know, about that thing and, and making it different things. And I, I saw something they showed a, a close-up photo of the, of the bottom of the balloon, you know, like you're looking up at it and, and, and said, we're, we're contacting you about your vehicle's extended warranty. You know, it, it's a scheme. It's a scheme. It, it's not, uh, again, it's not some haphazard activity. You know, all, all of these phone calls that you get about trying to sucker you into things, that's not haphazard. You know, it, it's a scheme. It's a plan. And that's what Paul is saying about Satan. Again, the context is forgiveness in the church, but, but he said, you know, we got to forgive because we don't want Satan to get an advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his schemes. What is Paul saying? He's got plans. He, he's got an organized scheme that he's coming to you with. In this context, his scheme is to try to get you to harbor things in your heart against people of God. And if he can do that, what Paul is saying is he will get the advantage of you because it is a scheme. We are not ignorant of his schemes. Now, now, I know what Paul is saying, but here's the, here's the problem with what Paul said. The problem is there's too many times that we are ignorant of his schemes. We don't recognize it as a scheme. We don't recognize it uh, as, as an organized assault by the wicked one. That's one reason we need to pray and fast. To keep the flesh under control so that when forgiveness is needed, forgiveness is given. Because Satan's got schemes. And again, it speaks of, of structure. Alright, let's, let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. 1 John chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Alright, now this is, this is John speaking to, to the church. We, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. I know there's some things that we could say that's not the purpose of, of, of this lesson. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now, now that's not, John is not talking about that every, sometimes every human being is going to fail God. Not what John is, is saying. If you if you are are born of God, you don't ever fail God. Notice notice the word sineth. Notice the the the, uh, the suffix eth means what? It's in the I mean, it's Continuous action. It is. It's a, I mean, it's an archaic word here, but it would be the same as sins. We know that. 
Whosoever is born of God sins. Continuing not, sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. Look at verse number 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Alright? Now, if we go back to verse number 18, and look at that word, toucheth. And toucheth him not. Again, the, the word that John is using here is speaking uh, of satanic activity. Structured satanic activity. And, and the wicked one toucheth him not. Again, this speaks of satanic activity. And, and so, uh, so we can understand through these scriptures... That Satan's kingdom is not in disarray. It, it's not in, in confusion. I know the Bible talks about Satan being the author of confusion. It didn't say that Satan is confused. Because he knows well what he is doing. Satan is not ignorant. He, he knows that his time is short. That's the reason that John, the revelator in Revelation, uh, I think it was 19, uh, chapter 19, I think it was. You know, he, he said, Woe unto you, inhabitants of the earth. For the devil has come down unto you, knowing that he has but a short time. That speaks, that one scripture speaks of intelligence. Satan is not confused. He's the author of confusion. He wants you to be confused. But the Bible doesn't say anything about Satan being confused himself. Satan is an organized schemer. He knows what he's doing. And everything that he does has purpose. Now, I don't believe that he can read your mind. I understand that he's got power you know, that's, that's been allocated to him by God and that's the only power that he's got. But I do not believe that Satan can read your mind. But what I do believe this uh, is that, is that demonic, demonic beings study you. They study you. They study your life. They study what you do. If, if they did not, if you were not under constant observation by, by demonic powers, then why in the world could, could, could the writer write and, and call Satan the accuser of the brethren? He knows what you do. He can check your motives. He knows what you do. He observes. Because what he's doing is looking for a chink in your armor. Buddy, if he can get you to go into a rage on your way to work and, and ruin the rest of your day, he'll have somebody cut you off in traffic. He's a schemer. He knows what he's doing. 
He looks and He observes. And, and, if, and, and if there's one person that cuts you off and you fly into a rage, He's like, uh-huh. There's a weakness in that armor right there. So you know what I'll do? I'll play, I'll play on that. I'll scheme around that. He, he's a great observer. How do you know that? I'm not going to go and, and elaborate on it this evening, but you know, all you have to do is go to the book of Job. Satan observed Job. Come a day, Job said, when the sons of God came into the, came into the presence of God and Satan came with them. See, Satan's got access to, to the Lord. Satan came with them. And, and, and God asked Satan, what, what have you been doing? And I've heard people say, everything Satan says is a lie. If he, if he tells you something, you need to do the exact opposite because everything he says is a lie. I, you don't have Scripture for that either. Now Jesus did call him a liar and called him the father of it, the originator of lies, but even Jesus never said that everything Satan says is a lie. I've heard people say, well, you know, Satan couldn't, Satan couldn't tell the truth if he's standing on a stack of Bible staring God in the face. Well, you know, what happened to Job because God asked Satan, you know, where you been, what you been doing? He said, oh, I've just been walking around in the earth and just, you know, going, you know, to and fro and up and down in it. God never said, you're lying. And I know you're lying. I believe Satan was telling the truth. And then, and then God asked the question, have you considered my servant Job? In other words, the implication is, in all of this walking around that you're doing, all this walking up and down and going to and fro in it that you're doing, have you considered my servant Job? Satan said, Yeah. Have you observed Job? Yep. Sure have. I've, I've, I've been watching Job. He said, but, but here's the deal. I, I can't do anything with Job. Can't do anything. Have you not made a hedge about him? And about his house and all that he has on, on every side. You, you blessed the work of his hands and his substance in, increased in the land. I've observed him. I know all about him. You got a hedge around him? You've blessed him. You blessed the work of his hands. And I know that his substance has increased in the land. Yeah. I know about Job. See, what, what, is, what is that telling you? What is that telling Is that telling you that Satan's kingdom is in disarray? Is that telling you that Satan does things just haphazardly? He just kind of rolls the dice out there, you know, and, and says, well, let's play this hand 
right here and let's see where that gets us. Let's see what that's going to do. No. It, it talks about His schismata. His scheming. His planning. His, his observance. I, I have observed Him. Yes. Yes, I have taken into consideration Job. Yes, I have been observing Him. Yes, I have been looking at Him. Yes, I have His house staked out. Only problem is, I, I can't do anything. I can't do what I'd normally do. Uh, you know, with people, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, now, my plan can't come to fruition because you, you've got a hedge around him and, and everything he's got is protected by you is essentially what Satan is telling the Lord. He's protected and everything he's got is protected by you. And, there's, and, and I, can't, I can't formulate. I can't bring my scheme into fruition for Job because you have protected him and you protected everything he's got. It didn't mean that Satan hadn't schemed against him. It meant that Satan had intently observed him and understood, I can't touch him and I can't touch anything he's got because you have got him protected. You've got a hedge around him. Amen? So, He's not in disarray. He doesn't operate haphazardly. His demonic forces are, are organized in, in a hierarchical structure in, in His kingdom. And they have varying intelligences, abilities, and varying powers. Now, I want to look at this uh, quickly. And we, we won't get into the part about territorial spirits tonight. We'll, we'll pick that up. But I just, want to, I just want to lay this foundation. Because Jesus even demonstrates uh, 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 differences uh, in, in, in wickedness and differences in the degree and the depth of strength and power of different demons. I want to look at uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 45. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 45. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. See, that tells you right there that the Lord is saying that there, that there are even degrees of wickedness in, in the demonic forces. Okay? There's degrees of wickedness. Not just intelligence and power, but there are degrees of wickedness. So He goes and takes with Himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. And, and the context of that is 
the house that's been swept clean because there was nothing that was put in the place of that which is swept out. See, that, that's, the, that's why it's important on, on so many levels that thoughts, even thoughts in your mind that are not pleasing to God, you don't just sweep those out and say, well, I, I did that. But what you need to do is to fill up your mind with thoughts of the Word of God because, because that devil's coming back. Jesus said, and when, when you kick that out, that, that devil is coming back. He's going to come back. And what he's coming back to check. See, this is another scheme. He's coming back to check and see if there is anything that has replaced me there. And if he finds that, love, that, that vessel just swept and garnished and there's no replacement for him, that's when Jesus said then he's going to go and what he's going to do is he's going to gather seven more spirits that's more wicked than he is. And he's going to bring them back and they're going to take up habitation there. Mark chapter 9 and verse number 29. So we, un we understand that Satan's kingdom is, is an organized kingdom. Okay? We, we understand that he has schemes. He doesn't work haphazardly. He has schemes. He has plans. He's got plans for you. Every one of you. The plan may be different from person to person. But the ultimate goal of the plan for every one of you is for you to find yourself in a lake of fire forever. But he's got plans. He's got a scheme. Alright? Alright, let's let's back up about let's back up about three or four verses here. Okay, we're gonna find out. We 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 found out they're they're organized. We're gonna we're found out that that uh they don't, he don't do anything haphazardly. He's got schemes. We found out there's different degrees of wickedness with demons. Now we're going to find out that there are different degrees of power with demons. All right? When Jesus saw the people running together, he rebuked the foul spirits, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, Come out of him and enter no more into him. Verse number 26. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch that they said, He is dead. 27. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. 28. And when he was come into the house... His disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Remember, this is the man that had the son. There was demon possessed and the man took his son to the disciples of Jesus and they could not. The Bible said they could not cast him out. So he comes to Jesus. Jesus cast him out. 
They go into the house and privately they ask him, why could we not cast him out? We couldn't do it. Why couldn't we do it? We've done this before. We've cast out demons before. Why couldn't we do it this time? Jesus, Jesus said in verse number 29, and he said unto him, this kind, notice what he's saying, this kind, this kind of devil. Now there, there are devils that you can speak to and you can cast them out and they're going to go. Alright, now on a hierarchical structure, and maybe we'll look at this later, on a hierarchical structure, those devils are low-level devils. They're ground floor demons. Speak to them, they, they leave. Jesus said this kind, letting us know that there are different kinds, different levels of power even in the demonic world. This kind can come forth by nothing. Somebody say nothing. In other words, Jesus said, you can do everything that you want to do. You can command all you want to command. Do whatever it is that you want to do that has worked in the past. But this kind of devil the only thing that is going to work is what? And? See, that's why the two go together. Prayer and fasting. So, so Jesus let, let us know here uh, in these two instances in Matthew chapter 12 and in Mark chapter 9 that, that there is... There is different degrees of wickedness in the satanic kingdom. And there's also different degrees and depths of strength and power in the satanic kingdom. Amen. 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 That's as far as I'm going to go this evening.